How you doing, everybody? I am so excited to be with you guys this wonderful New Year's Eve. It's great. It's wonderful. Anyone working on New Year's resolutions yet, or at least setting them, maybe? Maybe work out more, eat better, rest more. I heard that earlier this morning. Read more. I remember there was one point where I was like, if you're a graduate of college, you only read like one book a year, and I was like, I want to read ten, right? So um, maybe, maybe you're kind of delving into your spiritual life and like, I want to read the Bible more, I'm going to pray more, or if you're like me, you are setting a goal of memorizing Bible verses. <clears throat> My New Year's resolution for 2024 is to memorize James chapter 3. I have all of James chapter 1 memorized and locked in. Most of James chapter 2 and uh, James chapter 3. And when I told my wife that was what my resolution was, she was like, nerd! <laughs> right? Maybe some of you are thinking that. Maybe some of you are thinking, who in the world memorizes Bible verses? Who does that anymore? I don't have time for that, right? And you might know more Bible verses than you think. Right? You might think, I don't know any Bible verses. Or, like, I don't know, maybe I know the words, but I don't know where it's found. Let's do kind of, a, kind of a quiz, all right? So raise your hand if you know Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, okay. What about this one? John 3-16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. All right, what about Romans 3-23? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay, fewer hands, it's okay. What about some of you probably know the concept, the fruit of the Spirit, right? Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Or what about Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, one of my favorite. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. Right? Now, kind of think, you have probably heard all of those verses at least a dozen times at some point if you've been in the church long enough, right? We've, these are kind of more of the core ones that most people at least have heard of. And you probably knew more than you thought, right? I think we all know that memorizing Bible verses, memorizing scripture is a good thing to do in theory. It's a good thing to do. It's a thing that God's disciples do. We need to memorize Bible verses, and that's where the theory ends. And then when the rubber meets the, ro- rubber meets the road, you're like, I don't have time. Or I, I, I think our hang-ups with memorizing scripture kind of falls into three categories. All right? One, we don't think we have an ability to memorize Bible verses. We, we, like, I just don't have a mind for that. It's rote memory. I, it brings me back to elementary school when I had to learn my times tables. It's just not for me. Right? No ability. But I think... To some extent, we all have an ability to memorize things that interest us, right? So I I don't buy the no ability. We all memorize things. Like, for example, if I were to say, how can I have more of something if I've never had anything? You guys would all respond, you're killing me, Smalls, right? Sandlots, movie lines, if you love movies, you've watched movies over and over, you pick up the lines. Or like another one that my wife and I always um, kind of like when I'm entering like my debit card and all those, you know, you know your, your secret code, keep it secret, keep it safe, right? Lord of the Rings. Or, or what about, you know, one that we all just probably just watched this last month? Um, Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color, right? 
movie lines, right? I, we all memorize movie lines. We all have those rattling in our heads. And sometimes when we interact with someone, they come to the forefront and we remember them. And sometimes we even say them out loud, right? But movie lines. What about songs? I remember the first song that I ever like, had a desire to learn the words. And I was like, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to learn the words. This is really going to date me, but All Star by Smash Mouth. Hey, now you're an all star. Yeah. So I, that was the first song. And I was like, I want to memorize all of the words and be able to sing along. Right? Things that interest us. Movies. Songs. Or what about my dad and my brother? They have this amazing mind for sports stats. And I can do movie lines, but sports stats, they are constantly fluctuating. They're constantly like changing, and somehow they are up on the know of all the sports stats, of all the people, of the teams, and who's doing it. Like, I don't have a mind for that. But that's not my interest. But that's their interest. And, and maybe that interest doesn't just like bring you joy, like movies or songs or sports, but maybe it's something that brings you a reward or like money. Like, for example, you all probably have job or career lingo that you know that you've memorized or maybe a procedure of how to do things that if you were to talk to somebody who's not in that field, they would look at you with your eyes crossed. Like, for example, I worked at Pete's Coffee and Tea for four and a half years. And I don't know if any of you, you guys probably all know what a latte is, right? Like espresso and milk and foam, or a cappuccino, which is espresso and milk foam. Um, but what about a cafe au lait? That's just coffee and steamed milk. Or a double campana, which is espresso and um, whipped cream, right? There are lots of lingo that I could rattle off to you about coffee that you guys are like, I don't know, I don't care, right? But I've memorized it. It's rattling in my head. And if you think about your own job, your own field, your own career, you probably have a similar experience. You know things that other people don't because you've taken the time to memorize it because you're like, my job depends on this. I need to memorize this. I need to study for this test, right? Whatever it is. So I think we do, on some level, have an ability to memorize things. It just depends on the second thing that kind of gets in our way is no interest, right? I don't have an interest to memorize Bible verses. I, I can't sit still long enough to memorize this block of scripture, right? And I think part of the... the the piece of this is we don't know the benefits that we gain by memorizing scripture. We think that it brings us back to this kind of rote memory, elementary school, memorizing your times tables, and it's something that maybe you don't use at all in the rest of your life, and you're like, why would I want to memorize this when it's not going to help me at all? And that, I think, is a problem of not knowing the benefits that we gain, not knowing the value of memorizing scripture. And I, I think the third thing is we don't have time. I think some of you are like, I don't have time. I'm running kids around to soccer practice, to theater, to whatever else. I'm playing taxi. Or I know last year, um, I don't know if you've seen my, ton, my son, my son ra- toddling around. He's kind of a toddler. He's nearly running, right? But a year ago, he was six months old. You know, and, and when you have a young infant... You are constantly like, all my time and attention and focus is on him. I can't think of anything else. Just keeping him alive, figuring out what we're going to eat for the next meal, whatever it is. And I want to put a pin in that no time piece. We're going to come back to that at the end. And some of you are saying to yourself, why are you giving me another thing to do? 
Like, I come here on Sundays, I want to be inspired, I want to be inspired in theory, but you're giving me another thing on my to-do list that's already full, that's already like, I, don't, I barely have time for myself after running kids around or doing all the things that need to get done. Why are you giving me another thing to do? And I say, yes, I am giving you another thing to do, but it's an important thing. And like any other spiritual discipline, it is going to take work. This is not an easy thing. Let me just kind of leave that right there. It's not an easy thing. But it's an important thing. And it's the thing that brings us lots of value. It's the thing that gives us lots of benefit when we memorize scripture. My hope, my goal this morning is to spark your interest. Spark that interest piece. To get you maybe possibly kind of excited about memorizing scripture. That's my goal. I want to help you guys see what those benefits are. So that that interest piece can be taken care of. And then maybe give you a vision for how you can actually do it in your life today. In your life, in your everyday life. So let me pray, and then we're going to open up God's word and hopefully spark this interest piece. (sighs) Dearest Holy Father, thank you so much for bringing us here. For bringing us to the end of 2023. For putting this word on my heart. God, I ask that you would speak through me. That you would speak to my church family here, that you would help them to see the benefits, the importance of memorizing scripture. God, speak through me. In your name I pray. Amen. So we're going to be in Psalm 119, which um, some of you may or may not know this. I don't know. It clocks in at 176 verses. It is the longest psalm, the longest chapter in the Bible. And it is what's known as an acrostic psalm, which means it's it's a poem And it's comprised of 22 stanzas, and each stanza starts with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And so it was meant to kind of maybe help people, kind of you've seen poems or books like that where A is for this, right? I I have lots of books like that because my son is a toddler. Um, But each, uh, each stanza starts with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it goes all the way through. And it is a psalm that's all about what a person's life looks like when they take delight in God's word. What it looks like when they memorize scripture, when they walk according to God's ways. And we could spend the whole morning and look at all 176 verses, but um, don't worry, we're only going to focus on the first 20 verses. Because I think it's a good picture. It's a good snapshot of the rest of the psalm. And if you want to, I encourage you to go home later today or this week And read the rest of it. There are some good, rich things in there. Like another verse that you guys may or may not have heard of is, um, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's in Psalm 119, specifically verse 105. But let's dive into it. We're going to look at Psalm 119, verses 1 through 20. It says this, Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their hearts, They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young person stand the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. 
Do not let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Be good to your servant while I live, that I may obey your word. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. I'm a stranger on the earth. Do not hide your commands from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your law at all times. Friends, this is the word of God for you this morning. When we memorize scripture, God does four things in us. God does four things in us when we memorize scripture. We memorize scripture, God enriches our faith. That's the first thing. He enriches our faith. Let me read uh, verses 13 through 15 again. It says this, With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. As we memorize and meditate on God's word, we consider what God's ways are and what God's ways aren't. We end up knowing God better and more intimately. We start to understand that while the Bible is this book of information about God, really it is also a book that shapes and forms our hearts and our minds to look more like his. Donald Whitney, he's a seminary professor and author of a wonderful book called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. He says this, he says, Memorizing scripture strengthens your faith because it repeatedly reinforces the truth, often just when you need to hear it again. Scripture memory is like reinforcing steel to a sagging faith. The more that we get closer to God, the more that we memorize God's word, the more we have it rattling in our heads and ringing in our ears and in our hearts. The more that our life goes on, the more that we experience, we're reminded of what God has done in the past. We're reminded of what God can do for our future we in turn have more hope, more trust, more faith in God. God enriches our faith by drawing us closer to him. Look at verses 5 through 7. It says this, I will praise you with an upright heart as I, uh, I'm sorry, starting in verse 7. Let me start at verse 5. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. As we memorize and meditate and reflect on God's word, our ways become like God's ways. We start to understand what his ways are better, and we start walking in those ways in a steadfast way, in a way that we are like being careful to follow God's ways. We obey God better. See, God enriches our faith because he helps us to see Scripture in a new light. He gives us this like biblical literacy. We get a better and sharper picture of God's laws, of what God is doing and what God has done. In turn, our worship becomes more deeper. Our worship becomes better. We understand what God wants from us. We understand what God wants from our worship and we're able to lean into that better. Look at verse 18. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your laws. When we memorize scripture, we have to slow down and memorize scripture. 
So we start, um, God opens our eyes to reading scripture in this new light, drawing more meaning out of it. Right? As we memorize scripture, we become more and more familiar with the Bible. Donald Whitney says this, uh, uh, says this, uh, in the Bible, God tells us about himself and especially about Jesus Christ, the incarnation of God. The Bible unfolds the law of God and, to us and shows us how we've all broken it. We find in Scripture how to live in a way that is pleasing to God as well as the best and most fulfilling for our lives. None of this eternally essential information can be found anywhere else except the Bible. Therefore, if we would know God and be godly, we must know the word of God intimately. If we call ourselves Christians, we want to obey God as best we can. We want to study God's word, right? And part of that is memorizing what he has done, his words. When I was growing up, I was in this program called Awana. And uh, I was in elementary school all the way up through high school. And it's this program, wonderful program throughout the world, that does really three things, right? There's a, a huge game time. There's a short devotional. But one-third of the whole night is memorizing Bible verses. So you get a new workbook every year, and you're flipping through it, memorizing different passages of Scripture, and, and, and you're doing it. And when you get into junior high and high school, you can go to this thing called scholarship camp. It was up in Big Bear. It was wonderful. Um, it, it was basically like a summer camp. But to raise money for that, we had what was called a versathon. Similar to a walkathon, people would sponsor you for depending on how many verses that you could recite, that you could recite without looking at it. And I wasn't the only one. There was about half a dozen of us that would go up every year in the Awana program that I was in. And I remember that time I learned, memorized, air quotes, uh, over 100 different verses. Over 100 different verses. And although I can't say all 100 verses that I had memorized, it gave me this familiarity with the Bible. It gave me an understanding. Maybe some like you, who when I was reading those verses, when I was reciting actually those verses earlier, you're like, I think I've heard of that, or I've heard of part of that verse, right? It gave me this familiarity in that same way. It gave me this kind of biblical literacy. I was able to tell the difference between an Old Testament prophet and the Apostle Paul and the words of Jesus. And I knew vaguely what they said. Memorizing scripture, it requires us to pay attention to uh, the word choices, right? When we are learning for, like, um, getting ahead of myself, it, it causes us to slow down and pay attention to our word choices, to reflect on why certain words are used in a certain order. For example, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, right? First and greatest commandment. Jesus says it. He quotes Deuteronomy. It's all over, right? Why do they say heart, soul, mind, strength? When you have these memorized, you can start reflecting. Why in that order? Why not strength first? Why not? Why didn't they say spirit, right? You start reflecting on why certain words are used in that particular order. It gives you this deeper understanding in drawing meaning out more and more. When we memorize scripture, we have the ability to think about and meditate on that scripture anywhere and anytime. In the car, in the dentist chair, uh, on the soccer field, while you're waiting for uh, work to start because you got to work a few minutes early. Whatever it is, you can meditate on God's word at any time, anywhere. 
Friends, God enriches our faith by drawing us closer to him and by helping us see the Bible in this new light. Not only does God enrich our faith, but when we memorize scripture, God equips our minds. God equips our minds. Equips our minds to make wise decisions. Look at verses 1 through 3 again. It says this, Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong but follow his ways. Walking according to God's word. We need to know what God's word says in order to walk according to it, but it it brings us wisdom, it brings us blessing, it brings us um, a right standing with our neighbors, right? Not that we don't have faults, but that we're not constantly causing harm to our neighbors. We do no wrong. As we memorize the Bible, we understand how God created the world, how God runs the world, how uh, we are able to make better decisions because we're guided by those values, those principles set forth by God. Memorizing Scripture, it helps the Holy Spirit to guide us better. Donald Whitney says this about that. He says, When Scripture is stored in the mind, it is available for the Holy Spirit to take and to bring to your attention when you need it most. Memorize scripture so that it's available for the Holy Spirit to take and ignite within us when it's needed. Imagine yourself in the midst of a decision and needing guidance or struggling with a difficult temptation and needing victory. The Holy Spirit rushes to your mental arsenal, flings open the door, but all he finds is a John 3.16, a Genesis 1.1, and a Great Commission. Those are great swords, but they're not made for every battle. Or let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Hope you guys understand a little bit better. I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with the series Transformers, right? There was cartoons in the late 80s. There's the live-action movies now, right? So there is one character. His name is Bumblebee. He is a Transformer. Somehow, his voice box gets damaged, and he can't talk. He's mute. Can't talk. But he transforms into this car, and he's able to use the radio that's in the car to turn the dial to find the right words, and that's how he communicates, is he changes the dial, and so it's like, you know, snippets of this word and that word and that word, and that's how he talks to whoever he's talking to. Memorizing scripture is exactly like that. As you memorize scripture more and more, you give the Holy Spirit more words to work with. More words and ways to encourage you, to guide you, to bring to mind things that you need to hear right when you need to hear them. God equips our minds uh, to resist temptation and to have better obedience. Listen to verses 8 through 10. Let me take a drink first. Verses 8 through 10. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. That obey in Hebrew in in verse 8. I will obey your decrees. The Hebrew word can also mean to guard. We need to guard God's word in our hearts. That is how we can obey it. We need to watch over it. We need to strive to obey it. Memorizing God's word is not only the way to make wise choices, but to resist 
temptation is to live according to God's word. We can only live according to something, again, if we know it. We need to seek God's word with all of our hearts. Right? If you remember back when Jesus was tempted in the desert, right? the desert devil comes and um, tempts him with three different temptations. And each time, Jesus kind of combats it by quoting scripture. And if he hadn't memorized that, he wouldn't be able to bring it up in that mind, in that moment, to resist those temptations. Or uh, another way, students, I know, find comfort when they are tempted in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13. No temptation has t- overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out. They take comfort in that knowing that when they are tempted, they can look for a way out. If you've memorized that verse, you can see, oh, there's going to be a way out. I need to look for that exit. I need to look for a way to get out of this situation. But if you don't have that memorized, you might not remember that. You might not know that. Look at verse 11. Verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. God expects his law to be obeyed. We need to hide God's word in our heart. And when we do that, we take to heart God's wisdom. When we do that, we start living according to God's word. When we do that, we don't sin. Then God's word, it transforms us. It, it turns from this thing uh, where it, it's in, instructive or inspiring us or informing us. And it begins to shape our minds, to form us into truly obedient Disciples of faith. Disciples of Christ. Right? As Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our minds are transformed when we take God's word to heart. Not just kind of study it week in and week out, but actually memorize it. God begins to transform our minds. It's not about just avoiding doing bad things, but about intentionally doing what is right. When we memorize scripture, our whole mind is transformed. God equips our minds to make wise decisions and to resist temptation. The third thing that he does is when we memorize scripture, God encourages our hearts. God encourages our hearts. Look at verses 16 through 17. It says this, I take delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Be good to your servant while I live, that I may obey your word. God encourages our hearts by providing us with inner peace. When we don't neglect the things that bring it, we, we back up. We don't neglect the things that bring us delight. If something brings us delight and brings us joy, we find ways to do that. We find ways to engage in that activity. Things that delight us, they can cheer us up if we've been having a rough day. They can bring us a little bit of peace. Memorizing scripture, while on the front end it might be a little bit hard, ultimately it will bring us joy and delight. And as it brings us more joy and delight, there is an interest to memorize more scripture. It's this virtuous cycle. It gives us this inner peace because it reminds us to focus on what is truly lasting. And what is truly important, which is God. I've had many moments in my life where I've been going into a meeting or going, having an interaction with someone 
and before it, when I'm a nervous wreck, when anxiety is just creeping up in me, reciting those verses, it brings me out of that moment. It brings me out of that thought process, and it helps me to focus on what is important. It helps me to focus on what God has promised. And that's also how God encourages our hearts, by reminding us of what he has promised in his scripture. When we memorize God's word, we have all these ready to go. So that in that moment when we need it, when we need that inner peace, when we are feeling anxious, when we're feeling like, God, I don't know what you're doing or how we're going to get out of this situation, you can trust God. Being reminded of God's promise, it provides us with hope, provides us with endurance, it provides us with inner peace. The fourth thing that God does in us, not only does God enrich our faith, equip our minds, encourage our hearts, but he also helps those around us by empowering our counsel. By empowering our counsel. Look at verses 9 through 13. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. As God teaches us and gives us wisdom, as we memorize God's word, we are able to share that with others. Right? Verses, verse 9. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? Living according to your word. That doesn't just mean for us. But that could mean for those that we are counseling, that we are advising. When we memorize scripture, it not only helps us in the moment that we need it, but it can help our friends and our co-workers when they come to us looking for advice. And we can tell them, you know what? Here's what God's word says. Or here's a piece of advice that you know is maybe based on God's word. It can help our counsel. It can help our witness. Right? When, uh, before I get there in my head, (laughs) ordering my thoughts, Donald Whitney says this, He says, until the verses are hidden in our hearts, they aren't available to use with the mouth. In other words, we can't use them until we actually know them. As we memorize more and more scripture, we can share more confidently and thoroughly the wisdom that God has given us when a friend comes to ask us for advice in that moment. If we only kind of, sort of know a Bible verse or something vaguely, something like that, Right? When, when we're wishy-washy like that, we might not have confidence to share that. And when we do share it, they might not have confidence to listen. But when we know what we're talking about, that gives us confidence. When we are able to share that with others, that gives them confidence to like, oh, this, they know what they're talking about. When we memorize scripture, it becomes locked in our minds. As we memorize more and more scripture, we can share that wisdom with others. God empowers our counsel when we memorize scripture. So where does this leave us? We should memorize scripture, right? There are lots of benefits to memorizing scripture. Enriching our faith, equipping our minds, encouraging our hearts, empowering our counsel. But really, the reason why we should memorize scripture is because God commands us. We're going to turn out of Psalm 119, we're going to look at Joshua, chapter 1, verse 7. 7 and 8. It says this, Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the laws my servant Moses gave you. 
Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be able to do, carefully do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. We're to hide God's word in our hearts because God has commanded us. We're to keep it on our lips because God has commanded us. We're to start these habits, right? Because habits are important. Habits are important. They mold and shape us. They mold and shape what we love and what we desire. In his book, Desiring the Kingdom, author James K.A. Smith says this. He talks about the significance and importance of our habits. He calls some habits um, uh, thick or meaningful in that they shape our identity. And he says this about thick habits. He says, engaging in these habit-forming practices not only says something about us, but also keeps shaping us into that kind of person. Thick habits often both signal and shape our core values or our most significant desires. What we do and what we do on a regular basis, it matters. At the beginning, we were looking at you know, no ability, no interest, right? I hope I've sparked that interest piece. But we're getting to that third point, no time. How do we actually do this? Maybe you're sitting there thinking, Cameron, you've given me lots of things to think about, but again, I'm driving people around. I don't have time to sit and memorize scripture. So let's return to that point. Dallas Willard says this. He says, the mark of a disciplined person is that they are able to do what needs to be done when it needs to be done. It's called a spiritual discipline for a reason. So here's, here's some helpful tips for you. Here's some, some things for you to actually do. Set a goal and make a plan. Select either a passage of scripture or maybe several different verses that all have a similar theme that you, um, that kind of speaks to your heart at the moment. Set a time frame, a goal. I want to memorize this verse in this amount of time. When we set goals, it helps us kind of see the importance of it and actually make time for it. Here's some other helpful tips. Be creative in your approach. My way of doing it when I was a kid is to repeat the verse out loud. When I repeated it out loud ten times, I kind of had it locked in at least for a half a day. And I was able to say it without having it in front of me. Right? It's kind of like, like when you are trying to memorize a, a phone number. Right? And you say it out loud so that you don't memorize, so you memorize it or you memorize it long enough that you can write it down, right? Or another way um, is to come up with acronyms. If there is a passage of scripture like the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, right? There is a specific way that that goes. Um, or uh, this last fall, I encouraged our students to memorize with me Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17. It's also called the armor of God passage. And some of you might be familiar with that term, but there's a verse that talks about, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against dot, dot, dot. And it comes up with a list. And I created an acronym in my head, R-A-P-S, to remember the order that that comes in. Right? So our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, R, authorities, A, powers of this dark world, P, and spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, S. Right? So you come up with acronyms or ways that you can remember a specific order. 
Maybe for you, you need to connect your mind and your hand and your mouth, so you need to write out the verses. Or maybe you need to draw the verse or create a picture. Right? A picture is worth a thousand words. Or maybe it's also good for visual learners. You have a picture, and that reminds you of this, um, of this verse. Or maybe some of you learn Bible verses by song. So create a song. Right? I learn the books of the Bible in like a tune. Whatever it is that helps you, be creative in your approach. Be creative in finding the time as well. As I said, my son, who's now 19 months, um, I remember when he was an infant, and he would be napping on me, and I couldn't do anything else. I can't, can't really do anything else, and I need to be kind of, kind of quiet, right? But I have my mind. And so what I would do is I would have my flashcard out while he's napping on me, in the dark room, and I'd be reading and kind of reciting in my head over and over and over. That was how I memorized a lot of James chapter 2, was just having him sleeping on me, napping on me, and just having that out. Right? And having an infant is one of the busiest times in your life where you're, like, deprived of sleep, you're super busy, you can only focus on it, right? But you can find time even within that. So maybe you're at the stage where you're driving people around like playing parent taxi, or maybe you're an Uber driver or something, right? You can have, find some place in your car to post the memory verse. I have a thing that used to be for a phone that I put flashcards now as I'm driving. And I don't have a long commute, but some of you might be sitting in traffic, might have a longer commute. But you can have that in front of you so that when you're stopped at a red light, you can glance down and kind of review where you are, but even as you're driving, you're looking straight ahead. You're not obeying the rules of the road, but you are reciting in your head those verses that you've memorized, reviewing it, meditating on it. Be creative in finding time. Next thing, find accountability. Do memorize a passage of Scripture with somebody. I remember the first big chunk of Scripture... James chapter 1, I memorized when I was on staff at a church a um, long time ago. And I was with other pastors, and we would get together each week and kind of have a devotional about the verse that we were on, and we would do it together. And it was over the course of several months, but that was how I learned James chapter 1. It, it wasn't overnight, it wasn't in a week, it wasn't me sitting down and memorizing it, but it was over the course of this time where I'm constantly keeping that in front of me, and I'm doing it with other people. And the last thing I'd say is review and meditate on it frequently. The difference between when I was a kid and memorized all those verses then and the verses, the passages of scripture that I have now is I'm constantly reviewing and meditating on all of those scriptures. I'm constantly keeping those fresh in my mind so that God can use them. When I'm sweeping, when I'm gardening, when I'm you know, taking my son out for a walk or he's playing at the park and I'm just watching him, right? I'm taking that time to review the scriptures that I know. Keeping it fresh in our head. The last thing I'd say is this. The goal isn't to see how many verses that we can memorize. I want to leave you with this quote from Donald Whitney. The goal is not to see how many verses we can memorize. The goal is godliness. The goal is to memorize the word of God so that it can transform our minds, and our lives. It's not about memorizing lots and lots of scripture. It's not about 
oh, I've memorized hundreds, right? It's not about that. It's about transformation. It's about knowing God and the Word of God intimately so that it can transform us. As we respond in worship this morning, I want to invite you to a couple different responses. First one is this. This last December at our Christmas party, I invited our students this next year, over the next couple months, to memorize a passage of scripture with me. And that is Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. And I gave them all a, like a flashcard, just like this. I have flashcards for all of you, and I want to invite you to memorize this passage of scripture with me. And just like our students, who I've said, if you memorize this by March, I will give you a prize. So, all of you, if you can memorize this, come find me, recite it without looking at it and reading it, I will give you a prize. A little motivation there for you. But I want to invite you, honestly, to memorize this passage of Scripture with me. It's a wonderful passage of Scripture that talks about what to do when you have anxiety, what to do uh, when just in your daily life and what to think about, right? Whatever is true, whatever is noble, etc., etc. I haven't memorized that part yet, so I'm not there. But I want to invite you guys to memorize that. So that's the first response. Those, are, those will be at the back tables. The second response is to receive prayer. In a moment, when we kind of come back up to sing worship, Sing praises to God. Because we are worshiping God right now, are we not? When we sing worship, back in the back part to my right, your left, we will have people praying for you. If you would like to receive prayer, we will have someone back there who would love to pray with you. And finally, if you would like to receive communion, if you want what Jesus offers, if you want what Jesus offers, then I want to invite you to come up to the communion table. That table is a symbol of God's acceptance for us. That he came for you. That he died for you. That he rose for you. As you are right now. So come to the communion table. If you want what God offers, come to the communion table. Come and say, God, I want more of you and your work in my life. And friends, we come to the table confessing our sins. And we pray, most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought and word and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbor as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name.